Hello, I am Jamie from Stillmeyer Games as usual, and today I'm joined by a special guest to discuss asymmetric games. We'll talk about that topic in a second, but for now, you want to introduce yourself and let people know uh, why you thought of this topic and your connection to, to Stillmeyer Games? Yeah, um, so I'm uh, DG Walker. Uh, I uh, picked asymmetric games because um, I think when I was first getting into the hobby, um, like the, the real hobby, the modern board game sort of thing, other than Monopoly and, and life and all that stuff, um, I was shocked when there was asymmetry, when I was able to sort of see like that uh, these, you know, player conditions and player uh, powers were different uh, between there. So modern board games kind of using that uh, ability there. And um, so, yeah, I... I really, uh, I really got into the idea of asymmetry, and um, the reason, the connection I have to Stonemaier Games is because um, <clears throat> Stonemaier Games, the uh, actually Wingspan and um, Tapestry were one of the first like modern board games that I played because um, I'm pretty new to the hobby. Uh, like I think actually uh, from the pandemic, that's when I really got into it. Um, but yeah, so I've. I've just been really connected uh, to Stonemaier Games ever since, so. Awesome. Well, I love that you brought up this topic. I do have some older videos about asymmetric games, but it's a topic that I love to think about. A lot of the games that we make are asymmetric, so I'm, I'm really excited to dig in today. I did want to preface the chat, at least from my perspective, that I tried to focus on games where, uh, where each player starts with kind of a core, unique asymmetric element that persists and shapes their strategy throughout the entire game. Uh, potentially leading to asymmetry or leading to replayability along th through that asymmetry um, opposed to one of the like the most recent video I did on this topic was about asymmetric pairs and so I generally so like with uh with side you pair a faction mat with a uh with a mech mat um yeah or a player mat with with a mech mat yeah. and uh or the I'm sorry I'm confusing expeditions aside you're, you're comparing a faction mat with your player mat um so that is I think a great form of asymmetry. I've avoided that type for this particular list, but it's totally fine if those show up on your list. I'm curious to see if they do. Um, yeah, I also stayed away from uh, games, like you mentioned Wingspan. Wingspan mm -hmm. as you play becomes a very asymmetric game in every session, but it doesn't start out that way. So I stayed away from that as well. Uh, yeah. And for anyone who wants to like look at this on BoardGameGeek, I found that searching under variable player powers was one of the ways that BoardGameGeek lists this. So before we jump into our list, our honorable mentions in particular, I wanted to mention really quick the Stillmeyer games that feature asymmetry. It's possible they'll show up on your list. I excluded them from my list, but uh, Euphoria has asymmetry, Charterstone, Pendulum, Tapestry has a lot of asymmetry, Scythe, Red Rising has some minor asymmetry, Expeditions, and our newest game, actually, Apiary, has the paired asymmetry system where you're pairing a, a hive mat, one of five hive mats with one of 20 uh, faction tiles. Yeah, uh, let's jump in and start with you. What what are your honorable mentions for this category? Yeah, so um, my honorable mentions, uh, I have a, I have like, I think I have like three of them, um, but I have their their honorable mentions for a couple of different reasons, um, and I would say that they're not like uh, the reason is not basically the quality of it. It's it's various reasons. So like the first one um, uh, for my honorable mentions is Root. Um, yeah. Like th this is a game that I uh, I know that I would love if I played it more. Um, it's it. I think the asymmetry 
uh, is kind of what actually keeps me from playing it a lot because uh, we, everybody has a different faction, a different way of sort of getting points. And, and so what ends up happening is like, I, I end up playing with like the Eerie uh, or the, the cats. And then I kind of forget like everything else. And so I, I, I just have to play those factions and getting into other ones is tough. So it doesn't get to the table very often, mainly actually because of the asymmetry, but I, I really do enjoy what I've played of it. And that's a good um, challenge when we're talking about asymmetric games that if you, if you go really deep into the asymmetry as root does so well you 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 can you can go deep into a single faction and learn it really well but then having to like relearn that faction if you haven't played it in a while or understand what the other factions are doing it's a lot of information it's like you're learning five different games in one so yeah. it's really cool <laughs> when a game does it. it's impressive but it isn't inherently better i think yeah, I um, yeah, agree. Sorry, I think finding yeah. finding the balance is is kind of the key, uh, like figuring out a way to do that where it is unique every time you play it, um, depending on what you're playing with, uh, without sort of having that barrier of entry. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree with that a lot. Um, so my other uh, some one of my other uh, honorable mentions is Arc Nova. Yeah. Um, and so the reason for this one uh, being an honorable mention and not one of my top five, because it would definitely be a top five, is because I feel like the asymmetry is like incredibly light in that mm -hmm. game. Um, because the what I was thinking of when I was thinking of the asymmetry was the starting like the map, right? The, mm -hmm. the map that you have that you're building the zoo on. Um, and so like those definitely kind of push you in one way or the other. Um, but other than that, it's like, yeah, you got your cards and you're going to go in different directions. But that was kind of like what you were saying uh, in the beginning of like you get a direction kind of as the game goes and yeah. everybody's kind of doing something different there. Um, totally. I love Arc Nova, too, but I I found with Arc Nova, I, I often end up teaching it and I am more than happy to play with the starter mat almost every yeah. time. Like I it I get that people like the the the, the various mats if it yeah. pushes them in a different direction, but I am happy to play Arc Nova with that original map because the game still pushes me in so many unique directions every time I play I, while yeah. the cards are revealed. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, every game kind of feels very unique because whatever cards you get kind of push you in that direction. So I, I, I do enjoy sure. that a lot um, because of that. And your third one? Yeah, my third one is definitely a stretch and it's it's only because I like I really wanted it on a list. I wanted to mention it, um, but it's Everdell, uh, but with the caveat of it's with with the Spirecrest expansion, because okay. Everdell, I feel like is not asymmetric otherwise. But like when you when you do the Spire, when you do Spirecrest, you have that um, sort of path that you're going down uh, after every kind of uh, season and uh, you're often gaining like either um, special workers that you can then place and do special things with it. Uh, you're gaining uh, unique like uh, placement, like worker placement spots uh, mm -hmm. with Spirecrest as well. So like that one, again, one of my favorite games is Everdell, but the, the asymmetry doesn't come unless you have Spirecrest, I feel like. Um, and then, uh, but I do, I love it a lot. So that's why. I'm glad you mentioned that one too in the honorable mentions because I I also did not include games where the asymmetry doesn't come into play until you have an expansion. I'm looking yeah. at core games where the asymmetry is built into the core game itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great honorable mentions there. I have a slightly longer list, so I won't go as deep into them. But um, uh, Star Wars Rebellion, very asymmetric two-player epic game. Clans of Caledonia, 
and The Voyages of Marco Polo, both of which are Euro games with very interesting asymmetric elements that I think uh, add a lot to the replayability. Oathsworn has a, a decent amount of replayability or uh, asymmetry built into each character. Forbidden Desert, I threw this on because, you know, the asymmetry doesn't do a lot in this game, but it does, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's a lighter um, cooperative game, but it, it does play into my decisions and plays into that element of teamwork that emerges from Forbidden Desert. So I appreciate that. Uh, there's a trick-taking game called Trick Takers that has a lot of asymmetry in the game, uh, but it's the type of asymmetry that evolves over the course of the game. So, But that's actually an asset, I believe, in the game, that you get to try a bunch of different roles while you're playing instead of just one character, one faction for the entire game. Terra Mystica might be a surprise I left that one off the list, but one of the things <laughs> that I thought about, the question that I asked for many of these was, would I enjoy this game just as much without the asymmetry? You mentioned Ark Nova. That applies to Ark Nova for me. Yeah. Terra Mystica, honestly, I love the core game. I I would probably play the same faction over and over again if that was the only faction I could play. So yeah. um, put an honorable mentions. Dune Imperium, one with great asymmetry, but again, one that I would gladly play even if it didn't have the asymmetry. Roleplayer yeah. Adventures. I love Roleplayer Adventures, but I actually don't, and it's been a while since I played it, but I didn't recall the asymmetry playing all that much into the decision points and the cooperation in the game. Uh, Commander Magic, I'm very new to that style of playing Magic the Gathering, but I think it has a lot of asymmetry. Captain Sonar is an asymmetric team-based game where each player has a very different mini-game that they're running compared to the other players. And last, Sentinels in the Multiverse, where you have your own unique deck of character cards that you're playing in a cooperative game. That will uh, that kind of uh, uh, theme will show up throughout this my list of having your own unique deck of cards as you're playing. Any yeah. of those that, that stand out to you that maybe aren't on your top five, but that you want to play or have played and enjoy? Um, so, well, what stood out to me, I guess, was what you mentioned. I'm very shocked Terra Mystica was not in your top five because <laughs> uh, yeah. it really stood out to me and, and you've talked about it a lot. Um, but yeah, Captain Sonar, uh, that was actually, that's actually a great pick um, because uh, that is just outright fun. That's a yeah. that's a, just a really fun game when you have the when you have the player count for it, um, and yeah, that that does kind of it gives that. I love that. That's a great pick. Awesome. Well, let's jump in and see what you put on your list at number five. Yeah. Uh, so number five is Terra Mystica. It is uh, Mystica. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. When you when you mentioned that. So um, this one, again, I, you know, I have reasons for everything, but like this one's probably lower on the list because um, I, I don't know if I can not I can uh, dock it just because I'm so bad at this game. I'm, I'm just really bad at it. So um, I don't know if I'm really bad or my wife is just that good at it, but mm. like our, our gap of, 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 uh, scores is just off the charts there. Um, but yeah, so Terra Mystica, you, you have all these different factions and every faction feels just so unique, but what I think it does that kind of hurts root, uh, is that like the basic thing that you're doing kind of every time, like you're either getting, you're getting your buildings off, you're upgrading those buildings, you're terraforming the land, uh, doing all that stuff is is kind of the same uh, across, but like how you do those things uh, changes depending on your faction. So the, the asymmetry really, I think allows you to have a completely unique game kind of every time, uh, but I'm I'm able to get back into Terra Mystica faster than Root because because I I get the basic concept of it and yeah so it's a great game I'm just really bad at it so that's <laughs> kind of where it's at. Do you have a favorite faction that if you could choose any of them that you would gravitate towards? Um, okay, so I'm pretty sure is it the the what is it the cultists? 
Yeah, I think it was the cultists. Um, yeah, so the cultists I, I, I like a lot because the cult track is something I often forget about. Like I'm yeah. I'm focusing a lot on the map, but then the cultists kind of allow me to push up without having to really like uh, do a ton there. So uh, yes. the cultists I do like. I like them a lot. I like the uh, the chaos magicians, one of the red factions that only starts with one settlement on the board, but they're extra good at interacting with the power tiles, the oval tile tiles. Yeah. And there's another similar faction, one of the expansions that, in, that I think starts out with a power tile. I think part of it is that I like power tiles, but I also like asymmetry where part of the asymmetry feels like a disadvantage. And that to me is an yeah. interesting puzzle to solve. Like, oh, I only get to start with one settlement. There must be something balancing this out. What, what can I do right. to, to take advantage of that balance? Yeah. I Absolutely. That. Yeah, that, that that is true. I like I like when it feels that way, too. That is cool. Awesome. Terra Missing a great pick, a game that I love, very close to making my list, but I would play it even without the heavy asymmetry. My number five is um, one of these games where every player has a unique deck of cards, and that is Villainous. So I had the Marvel Villainous here. There's lots of different versions of Villainous. Uh, the, I think the, there's the Disney one. Disney, Disney is probably the original one. Then Marvel came after that. But uh, but I, I I just I I'm amazed that this game works so well with the sheer amount of asymmetry in the game. You can see each player has their own little uh, uh, Marvel villain in this game, where they have their own unique deck of cards that they're playing. And also, there's a whole other deck of cards that inter interacts with the other players at the table, um, that gives them slight disadvantages that are that are character specific and feel built into the theme really really well. It's just a, yeah, it, it's. It's a game where they, they could have not gone all in on the asymmetry, but they really did. And they designed every deck of cards to feel like they're part of what that specific villain is doing. Um, so yeah, the, the whole villainous brand to me is really impressive. And I, I, I thought it was worth mentioning on this list. Have you played any of the villainous games? Yeah, we we actually um, we actually have all of them. You <laughs> well, do? The, okay. the, uh, yeah, we have the, the we're, we're actually huge, huge Disney fans as well. Um, nice. and so, yeah, we, we've, we've gotten, um, a lot, yeah, a lot of them, if not all of them, a lot of them. And I agree completely. And I, and I can't believe I blanked on it when I was making my list, but, <laughs> um, yeah, the asymmetry is, is a, it's so, like you said, so impressive how it works because every villain is doing something completely kind of unique. Um, you know, their, their win condition is so different than another one. And the way they play is different, uh, and it just adds so much to it. Like you really feel like you're that villain, uh, which is really cool. So yeah, I, I love that pick. That's great. And I'm glad you expanded on that too, because you're right. It isn't just that you're playing cards that feel different for your like your abilities, but it's also that unique goal that you have a, a very different win condition than the other players. And and in addition to that, that you have your own unique way of getting in the way of other players' win conditions. Yeah, that's amazing that they they, they pulled it off. Yeah, it is really great. The fate deck too. That's that's the a fate cool. Deck. Yeah, that that's a really cool part to it too as well. So that is my uh, villain is at my at number five. Terra Mystica, your number five. What is your number four favorite asymmetric game? Yeah, so my number four, and I, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm willing to have you debate me out of <laughs> like this being an asymmetric game, but I, I think it. I definitely think it is. But it's a two player game called Watergate. Um, oh yeah, and. So the way it's, you know, I, the Watergate, it's, it's what it sounds like. It's, it's about uh, the Watergate scandal. Um, and I like, I really enjoy the, the whole, the, the tug of war aspect mm -hmm. of, of this game. Um, and like, so you're either the Nixon administration or the reporters. Um, and so you're, 
and so basically you're you're those two uh you're one of those two and your deck of cards is very different than like uh the other deck of cards and what you're trying to do in the game is different but you're sharing the space because like there's a whole i probably should have gotten it but there's this whole bulletin board with with different pictures on it and you're either if you're the reporters you're trying to make uh, a line to nixon um twice and and if you're nixon you're trying to block it uh yeah and so i i just i i never really played a game like that before where you're just like you're you're facing off like that and uh basically it feels it can feel like wild swings are happening where you feel like you're about to win and then just a few rounds next you know the the other the other side is really pulling it their way um and so i've just had some really uh great stories and really great moments with this game uh and i i yeah i really enjoy it uh it's very different i think so i like that game Morgan. i love this pick i'm kind of wishing i put it on my list now i, I didn't even <laughs> think of, of it for the honorable mentions but i should have because you're right it has it's a it's a wonderfully asymmetric two-player game um and i think two-player games i, I have do I have any on my list? I have one two-player specific. No, I have two on my list. I think two-player games can really thrive for asymmetry because you really only have to test two different factions. Then you can really go deep into the asymmetry in each of those those characters, factions, whatever the the asymmetric element is, and make sure they're as balanced as possible. Whereas if you're doing a multiplayer game with a lot of different asymmetric factions or characters, it's a, it's a little harder to test and to analyze that data. So. I, I love what they did with Watergate. I'm sure there's someone who who will say in the comments that that one is more is stronger than the other, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. But to me, that's a challenge. I love that when I hear someone say that. I'm like, okay, well, let me try to beat you then with the other one. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that is great. Yeah. Watergate at number four. I like it. Um, my number four is maybe the lightest game on my list, and that is Mysterium Park or Mysterium. Um, mm -hmm. This is a game that uses asymmetry of information for the most part. You have limited information where one player plays as uh, a spirit, a ghost, someone who can't communicate other than through these weirdly illustrated cards that they can pass out to the other players to show them uh, information like what who didn't commit the murder and where the murder didn't happen. So they're narrowing down a list of suspects to the end of the game where they try to where the players try to guess the suspects. But the asymmetry in this game is the kind of a it's not one versus many uh, because you're all cooperating together, but it's one player has this asymmetry of full information. They know everything that happened. They're trying to share that information with the other players. And then all the other players are working with each other to solve the mystery um, based on the information that the ghost player, or the spirit player is giving them. So I wanted to highlight a game with that asymmetric information, because even though the player, the players are doing very different things, that one player, the ghost is doing a very different thing than the other players, but they're interacting with the same components. They're working together to, to try to pull it off, um, even with the limited communication, limited information. So I thought that was worth mentioning. I like Mysterium Park because it's a little shorter, easier to set up than Mysterium, but both are, are fun games. Have you played yeah. either one of the Mysteriums? Uh, yeah, so Mysterium is one of our favorites. We we really enjoy that game. Uh, it's a good one to bring to like you know a, a party or you know just a yeah. big group of people because you all work you're all working together like that. Um, we do have Mysterium Park. It's on the shelf of opportunity, basically. Uh -huh. um, we haven't played it yet, but um, yeah, we really enjoy Mysterium. So I'm sure we're gonna like Mysterium Park as well. So it's it's great. Yeah. I think it's one that flew under the radar a little bit. It came out during the pandemic, maybe. And so Megan and I played it just one view or one, two players uh, uh, yeah. during the pandemic for a while. And it actually worked yeah. really well during 
uh, just with two players. So I was curious about that because Mysterium we find two players works, but it is it is a little bit you know you're trying to figure out twice. But Mysterium Park yeah. kind of I guess fixes that. So yeah, I found it works quite well with two. Yeah, good. All right, that's great. Awesome. So Mysterium Park and Watergate at number four. What's your number three favorite asymmetric game? Yeah. Um, so number three, I have uh, Star Wars Outer Rim. Um, mm. Like, uh, I, I feel like it was one of the biggest surprises for me uh, because I, I really went into it like thinking um, it was one of the first kind of games we had that was really based on IP. Mm. And I was sitting there like, is it going to be good? You know, I, I, I don't I don't really trust it as much uh, that way. But I was just blown away, uh, just kind of uh, playing it because I like I've I think it's the closest I've ever been to kind of uh, playing a role player game like a an actual like, you know, something like that, because uh, when you get your uh, person, when you get your like uh, scoundrel and you're yeah. and you're playing them and like you, they have their own kind of power and you have your ship and and you you have your reputation with certain factions and <laughs> uh, like everything just kind of shapes how you approach like the challenge of the game um and it's just like i found myself like for for one of the first times actually like trying to embody this character and like do actions like this character um and so yeah this this one blew me blew me away uh because i just wasn't expecting it to be this way and it, and i think there's just so many cool unique aspects of it and the asymmetry like really does get you to play differently um i i feel like but it's yeah it was a, it was a good one it's very surprisingly good i've only played this once but i'm glad you highlighted it and i'm glad you highlighted this idea that asymmetry can really lead you down very different paths within the same game based on that character based on that ship based on your 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 character's motivations and skills and things like that um I think sometimes it's a tricky balance because sometimes asymmetric games can feel like they're telling you, you must do this thing. Yeah. But in Outer Rim, I didn't feel that way. I felt like it was saying, okay, you, you are a little better at these things. And I I leaned into it in that play, but yeah. I could have branched off and done something differently. I didn't have to do that. I could have gained cards that gave me, a, that made me better at other skills or improve my ship in different ways. But it is fun when you can really embody that character and the asymmetry gives you that level of immersion. Yeah, absolutely. At number three, I have a game that's much more abstract than Star Wars Outer Rim, but one that I've really enjoyed over the last year, and that is Bullet. This is Bullet. Uh, there's a couple different versions of Bullet. I think this is the Star version. Oh, Bullet Heart. There it is. This is Bullet Heart. So this is a, uh, a very difficult game to describe in terms of how it works, because it's a fairly abstract game in terms of uh, this idea that you have these bullets that are dropping down onto your board, and you are trying to clear them off. You, you don't want them on there. And when you clear off bullets, you're actually passing them to the other player. So you are adding things that they don't want to that other player and ended up you end up clogging up their board. And you remove them by manipulating the tokens into certain shapes and patterns. And then using your cards, your unique deck of cards to uh, to remove them. And there's two levels of, uh, levels of asymmetry for each character. You have your own character map, which is very asymmetric. I'll, I'll try to pull up some and, and flash them across the screen to show you. Uh, each character has its own ability and their own, uh, usually they have a different amount of health. So like here's a character that has three health and their ability printed on there. 
Here's a character that has a bunch of health, a cat-themed character, and they have a known special their own special ability. But they also have their own unique deck of cards that uh, really ends up be- feeling very different. Like they aren't just different patterns that they're trying to remove, but also very different ways of of removing those patterns from the board. So I, I this is one that I really explored, w- enjoyed. Where I I don't think I would have enjoyed this game as much if uh, if I had to play the same character every time, if that asymmetry wasn't there. But because of the asymmetry, I've come back to it multiple times and I've wanted to try out those different characters and get to know them better. Have you heard of this one or played this one? Um, so I've heard of it, um, but I think I've heard of it only because of you. Because uh-huh. you have mentioned it a few times. Um, yeah. But no, I have I have not played it. I do, I, I'm intrigued by the art, like the box that you're holding up. And um, yeah. I do seem to gravitate. It kind of has... Yeah, I was gonna say Rad Lansfield, but it doesn't really. Um, but like, yeah, that that art really pops, and uh, I do. Yeah. yeah, it looks good. Uh, it sounds very interesting for sure. Um, so yeah, I, it's one I want to give a try for sure. It's another one of these games that I, I am so impressed that they that each character has its own unique deck of cards that really really feels unique. I know how hard that is to do. I've tried it. I, I run out of ideas for doing it. So I'm impressed that any designer can pull it off. Yeah, that does so that's seem like a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yes. Yeah, it's a huge challenge. So that's Star Wars Outer Rim and Bullet and our number threes. What is your number two? Um, so, yeah, my number two is um, uh, Spirit Island. Uh, mm-hmm. I I really I really was taken by this game uh, kind of from go uh, the first time we played it. Um, this, you know, so, like my my wife doesn't really like co-op games that much and i'm often playing with her um but there was a there was a time where we first got it where we just kept throwing ourselves at this game trying to beat it um and i think what really um what really drew me in was just how completely thematic it is and how every action that you do makes like total sense uh within the world of spirit island um and it's just one of those things where um like you know i'm I'm trying my hand at designing board games myself and and it is one of those things i really want to try to do is kind of make it so like every action kind of makes sense within that world Uh, and spirit island does it well so like the idea of you embodying different spirits uh and 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 those spirits have completely unique powers and you really have to work together uh with who you're playing with in order for for it to work at all for you to have any chance at all of of winning the game uh so it's really tough but like if you figure out a way to to synergize with who you're playing with it's it's great it feels great when you win uh and it and it feels great even when you don't at times yeah. but it's it's just fun it's a fun game two things i'll throw in there to, to uh to add to how amazing spirit island is is um in terms of a cooperative game i think a lot of some cooperative games try to solve that puzzle of uh the quarterback or the alpha player and this yeah. with an asymmetric game like especially the game that goes so deep in the asymmetry it you have to manage so much information on your own that it's really tough for you to if you even wanted to quarterback another player for you to have that much information in your head as well so i think that overload of asymmetric information is an asset for avoiding quarterbacking or that alpha player i think there's also something to be said for it's a little outside of the topic of player specific asymmetry but in spirit Mm -hmm. island you can play against different asymmetric is it countries nations yeah uh yeah it's it's i I forget what they call it but it's definitely different like 
foes or I don't, I don't know what they yeah. call them, but yeah, there, there's different yeah groups of people that you're going against. So that's another form, a neat form of asymmetry, especially in a cooperative game where you can make each yeah. game feel a little bit different based on your your nemesis in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it might actually be nemesis. I don't I know. Mean, okay. <laughs> nice. Spirit Island at number two for you. Um, I went with another dueling game, uh, Dice Throne. I have the Marvel Dice Throne version here. Mm. I had both for a while, but I realized that we just needed one and we love the Marvel theme. I've done two Marvels today, Marvel Villainous and Marvel Dice Throne. Uh, this is primarily a two-player dueling game where each player has their own character and their own set of custom dice, uh, their own deck of cards, their own player mat. So everything's asymmetric for the character that you choose. Um, and it's it's at its, at its heart, it's a Yahtzee game where you're rolling dice a few times to decide which results that you want. And then you're using the final result to activate one of your powers on your mat um, to try to reduce your opponent to, to zero health. Um, so kind of a very simple overall system, which I think helps to have a simple foundation. And then they've layered on all this asymmetry through the different cards that you can play, through the way your dice work. Oftentimes giving each player a bunch of unique tokens that they can use to apply ongoing effects to that to their character or to the opponent opposing character and the player mat itself, which has a variety of different abilities based on the different dice combinations. Megan and I played this when it when it when we first got it, we played it in tournament format where we each like chose a character, played against one another, and then had another head-to-head -head format uh, matchup until we got it down to what like four characters and then we did another round and then another round hmm. for the finale that was a lot of fun to play that way and to experience different characters but yeah i, I love the asymmetry in this game really really fun asymmetry have you played any of the versions of, of dice throne no no yeah. i haven't uh yeah. i haven't but the 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 whole yahtzee thing that you're kind of saying it, i don't know it sort of uh made me think of like king of tokyo a little bit uh yeah. where you're doing that sort of thing and you have a similar sort of system there um i think there might be a little asymmetry in there but uh yeah, yeah no i haven't played that but yeah i i do love marvel so i might have to give that a try <laughs> awesome so yeah marvel dice throne and oh, i didn't type out yours here but um uh yeah what are, let's get to our number ones what are our number one picks all right <laughs> so this one yeah i uh i was really debating uh what to do for number one um for a reason that's going to be very obvious um but i try to talk myself out of it but honestly i'd be lying to myself uh my number one is tapestry uh <laughs> it, it is it, it just because because it's uh, it was one of the first one of the first games that we kind of that we got uh after we really got into the hobby and um and so it's definitely my most played game i i would say like between bga and and like actual tabletop uh definitely my most played game but uh the asymmetry in it uh it just it really does uh it really does affect the game in very interesting ways like the whatever civilization you get you have those two choices at the beginning of which civilization and you're kind of deciding what path you want to go down uh which is you know in you know very often it kind of really drives where you go and then you also have the two choices of of your district like your capital city um and that definitely plays a role because uh it's been a it's been a talk with uh the the bga players the the desert and wetlands combination like when you get those two choices you're like well i'm gonna have a hard time this game because <laughs> <laughs> it is tough to fit those landmarks on there um but yeah it is i, I just 
for me, it's it's pretty infinitely replayable because of the different combinations that you can get there. Uh, different paths. The, also, the you know, I know that's not asymmetry, but the tapestry cards you get will really mm-hmm. kind of put you in different directions as well. Um, so to me, yeah, that's you know, I, I would be lying to myself if it wasn't number one. Although I know, yeah, it's kind of weird to come on here and say that's my number one, but it's true. That's it is true for that. So. Well, I'm honored and, and flattered by that. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And yeah, the asymmetry was a huge part of the design and really one of the, one of the really fun parts of the design. Like what, what it gave me a way to explore a lot of different game mechanisms that maybe I don't want to design a whole game around this mechanism. So I'll put it into a, a civilization and, and play around with it yeah. and see what I can do with it. Um, so yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. And Tapestry, I think is somewhat infamous for, I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, that imbalance game and I think that's a little unfortunate because I think I, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, I love tapestry, but I think yeah. it is. There are there are sibs that are definitely stronger than others. Some that are weaker yeah. than others. I think yeah. that's a fun challenge, and I think you probably don't even realize that until you play tapestry a lot. You can have a lot of fun with tapestry without realizing that there are some um, some that are stronger, weaker than others. At the same time, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, I'm glad you're able to, to find the fun in it, uh, despite that. We are coming out with a revised Civ pack, kind of a final revised Civ pack based on all this data and feedback that we've gotten over the years that I think we'll get a lot closer to balancing them. I don't know if they'll ever be perfectly balanced, but I'm happy with the changes that we're making. And we even completely revamped a few of the uh, the civilizations that people just weren't having fun with. So uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that pack coming out in a few months. But yeah, I'm flattered that you, that you mentioned Tapestry. Thank you. Yeah, I am too. I'm looking forward to those as well. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. Uh, yeah, those those sieves. Yeah, it is the challenge. It really is the challenge. Whenever you get dealt that thing, and you got to be like, uh, yeah, okay, I'll I'll go yeah. with this. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Pick my poison. We also one thing that we what I, that I find difficult as a designer for my own games is adding complexity ratings to different uh, sieves or factions. Mm. Um, and that was one people one thing that people called on for for the revised sit pack so it will come with little ratings to say this is more complex less complex or or, or easier to play not necessarily better to play but easier to play mm-hmm. with i think that's helpful for people and I'm, I'm impressed whenever designers do that yeah that's awesome yeah i'm excited awesome well yeah thank you for mentioning tapestry my number one is not a stonemeyer game i this uh but it is a star wars game you mentioned a star wars game today i've been loving the star wars uh, deck building game. I mentioned it a lot on recent videos, but I, I think it does something unique with asymmetry that I think is worth highlighting um, in that your so it's a deck building game, a uh, fairly standard deck building game, and this, your starting deck really isn't very different at all than the other players. The asymmetry from the game comes from two different elements. One is the central deck of cards. It's a, it's a, it's a common shared uh, deck that you never have to sort through. You don't have to sort through it for player count or for, for factions or anything like that. It's always the same deck of cards that you're shuffling up. Uh, but as cards come out uh, into the central row, based on whether I am the, the rebels or the empire, I interact with those cards in different ways. So if, if I'm the empire and the Darth Vader ca- card comes out, I am trying to obtain that card, trying to use my resources to gain Darth Vader into my deck. But the other player cannot do that. The Rebels cannot gain Darth Vader into their deck. Instead, their choice when that card is in the center row is to try to remove it from the center row using the the, the military power. I can't remember the name of the game, but it's like the strength or, or force in the game. Um, they're trying to remove it from that row so that I can't get to it. And that's just 
I think such a clever design decision that I had this one shared deck of cards that that each player is interacting with in such a different way. Uh, I think it was really, really clever. The second layer to it also are your bases. The way that you win a game is that you destroy three opponent bases. And that's out of 10 total bases that the Empire has that are unique to the Empire and 10 total bases that the Rebels have that are unique to them. Whenever I destroy, so if I'm the Empire and I destroy your Rebel base, you get to decide which base you want to activate after that. It might have an ongoing ability, might have a comes into play ability that's really powerful. They're all asymmetrically designed. So it's essentially 20 different base designs uh, out of those, out of the, in, in, within the game. And they feel a little bit different based on the Empire or the Rebels. Um, I've really been enjoying it. I, I'm just impressed by that type of asymmetry where from the start of the game, it is an asymmetric game, even though your deck itself is not asymmetric. I actually, one other thing to add to that about a different game, but yeah, did you have any thoughts about Star Wars deck building? Uh, no, so I, I haven't played this game, um, but like that that element of, of uh, you can't take that, like it's in there, it's out in the open, but you can't take that if you're one of the sides in the game. It's just it's super intriguing to me. So yeah, I, I really want to play it. That seems really cool. The thing I thought of as I was talking about it a little bit is uh, I wanted to give a small shout out to one of my honorable mentions dune imperium because i think it, they it does something interesting with asymmetry that i think is worth exploring if i ever designed an asymmetric deck building game where uh each player's deck of cards are identical but there's one card the signet ring that uh that triggers the asymmetric ability print, printed on your player mat i thought that was a really mm -hmm. clever design decision because it means that each player doesn't need to worry about which cards are in their deck all all the decks are the same it just it 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 looks at, looks at something outside of the deck to trigger that ability that is cool i thought it was wow. clever, clever that's really neat yeah yeah so that's my number one star wars deck building game and tapestry for you at number one we talked about some great games today yeah this is going to be excited to play some asymmetric games in fact we're playing the lost ruins of arnak expansion right now and it has great asymmetry amongst the characters in that expansion too yeah that's yeah. cool we played the expedition leaders uh mm -hmm. expansion with that which is really fun i really like the the hawk or the bird or whatever that that is a, that's a cool one yeah. yeah that's neat that's one that probably would have been eligible for the list but it is uh arnak adds that re, that uh asymmetry in an expansion and not in the court game, yeah. so i didn't make it eligible here yeah that's the same for me i thought of it but yeah, yeah. i was like no. Any closing thoughts as we wrap up this video? And of course, anyone watching this, you're welcome to share your thoughts about your favorite games that we mentioned. I'm sure we'll have some Root lovers out there. I, we're not <laughs> knocking on Root. Root is an incredibly designed no. asymmetric game. It's just uh, they went all in on it, which I admire. It, there are, I think there's some impediments to doing that. And I'd love to hear people who love Root share your favorite faction um, in the comments below and your favorite, maybe your top three favorite asymmetric games. Do you have anything to add before we head on out? Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, no, I... Uh, asymmetry for me like i said is is one of those things that really uh you know kind of shocked me when i was first getting into the hobby i thought it was just so cool and unique um and yeah some of these games that, that you mentioned i definitely want to give a, give a try on I, I really appreciate uh you having me on for this conversation um yeah because because your your design videos and, and these kind of videos really help kind of make me feel like i'm part of that community as well so i do appreciate what you do and uh yeah thank you for having me honestly well, thank you for being a part of the community. I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much for, for this chat about asymmetric games.